Good morning. Once again, we want to acknowledge to our Father and our God in heaven that we are grateful for all of his love, mercy, and blessings. Man, from the cradle to the grave, is a creature of need, and we should rejoice in the fact that there is no need we have that God cannot meet, uh, there is no hurt we have that God cannot heal, and there is no burden we, uh, we have that God cannot carry. Uh, and isn't it good to serve the God who is never more than a prayer away? Uh, the psalmist declares in Psalm 116, verse number one, he says, I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. I'm glad we serve the God who not only hears, but the God who is able. And for all of God's blessings, we ought to be eternally grateful. We want to direct your attention this morning again to the text that was read into our hearing. Uh, there in Numbers chapter 13, uh, we want to read again there verse 32 and verse 33. Numbers 13, verse 32, And they brought up an evil report out of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people we saw in it are men of a great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Based on uh, the words he recorded for us in Numbers chapter uh, 13, we want to use this morning as a subject there's something in the struggle. And as we consider the text that we have before us here in Numbers chapter 13, I believe one of the lessons that we learn and relearn again and again in life is that very seldom is life about what I'm going through. My circumstances may be one thing, but, but my life is not about the circumstances that I'm going through. When we talk about there being something in the struggle, I've come to appreciate that when we struggle, that we can struggle for different reasons and we can struggle in different ways. I've come to appreciate that God uh, either sends or allows in our living both storms of correction and storms of perfection. And depending on where I am in my living, sometime it may a blend of the two of those. Some struggles are God allowed, but many struggles are self-inflicted. So when we look at Numbers chapter 13, I, I believe that all of us have things in life that we want. And while it is true that we all want things, I believe it's equally true that we aren't always willing to do what it takes to get what we want. I've heard some of us say that we'd like to be a, more, a little more svelte of figure. Uh, but then when we have a potluck uh, to look at our place, you couldn't tell that that was the desire. I've just learned that wanting is one thing, but being or having is another. 
And I believe that to a person, all of us at some point have wished that getting was as simple as asking. And when we look at life, I'm beginning to realize that God may not do things the easy way, but he always does things the right way. See, God wants us to be all that we can be, but we don't always want what's best for ourselves or, or not always willing to do what it takes to have the very best. When we consider the biblical account of Israel's deliverance and, and you look at their journey from uh, the land of Egypt into the promised land, God didn't deliver them the easy way. Now, I, I don't know how well you can see the map there, but uh, you know, scholars differ over the exact route that the Israelites traveled uh, 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 from Egypt uh, uh, to Canaan. Uh, but if you can see the path on that one there, you can see they kind of went south and then east and then north and in a circle and finally up into uh, uh, the promised land. God could have just led them uh, right up along, it says, the Great Sea there, right up along the um, coast of the Mediterranean Sea. But when we look at Exodus 13, verse 17, the Bible says, And it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the Philistines, although that was near. Now, now if you've taken a trip, that, you know, they say the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. The, the easy way would have been the short trip, just, just right up the coast and right on into the promised land, and there we are. But, but notice why God led them the way that he did. So he didn't lead them through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war, and they return to Egypt. Israel may not have understood uh, 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 why God would lead them the long way. But God says, see, I have to lead you the long way because you are who you are. Quite often when we go through life, we often question why God does what he does or why God allows what he allows. The, the issue is never God. God is always all-powerful and all-knowing. If there's any problem in the equation, it's that God chooses to deal with us. See, God says, I could do things the easy way. I, I could just do things, you know, and have it be done with, but I choose to use you. And because I use you, I have to make allowances for your frailties and your imperfections. So although Israel didn't realize it at the time, God was blessing them even in their struggle. You see, God had something good for Israel. I, I, I give you a land that flows with milk and honey, but, but Israel wasn't ready to receive the good things that God had for I, I wonder if sometimes as we go through life and we're struggling, if ever it has crossed our minds that, that maybe God hadn't done what I've been asking him to do, not because he's unable or unwilling, but, but maybe I'm not yet ready to receive what God has for me. Maybe there's something about me that God needs to work on before I'll be a good steward with that blessing. And ironically, the only way to prepare, uh, prepare Israel to receive her blessing was through a struggle. And, and, and again, I just wonder if maybe that's the reason why we struggle with some things. It, God is saying, I'm preparing you for a blessing, but, but I want you to be faithful with it, so you've got to struggle a little before I give you uh, uh, the blessing. 
And, and struggles will teach us some things that good times do not. Now, now, don't get me wrong. I'm all in favor of worship service and Bible class. But, but there are some things that you just, you, you, you just really can't learn sitting in a Bible class. Now, now, we can read all of the scriptures that say, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. And, and intellectually, I've got it. God is good. But, but it requires to live life. To, to see God bring you through a valley, to, to see God bring you some peace when there's trouble all around you, that's when you really learn that God is good. It, 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 classroom, it, it, well and fine, but see, struggles take us beyond theology. Struggles will take us to application. I, I believe with everything in me, God is good. It, but boy, when you're going through some things in life, it sure enough makes you appreciate how good God is. Anybody in here ever been sick? And, and, and I mean sick, sick. Not, not, not the kind of sick that will keep you from coming to Bible class, but you'll still go to work. I, I mean that, that, that kind of sick, you know, where, where the doctor looks at you and he scratches his head and he wants to call somebody else in uh, uh, to consult with. Now, that's sick. When, when you're sick like that, uh, have you ever seen God just bless you through that kind of sickness? And, and, and even if you have it, there's a peace you have knowing uh, that to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Sometimes God just has to allow us to go through some things before we will we'll appreciate what he's doing. So when we look at Numbers chapter 13, in, in verse number 31, uh, uh, the spies come back with a report. Uh, uh, verse 31, but the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. I submit to you, number one this morning, that struggles make us aware of our faults. Notice what the men said, we can't go up and fight them because we, they are stronger than we are. Now there are a number of problems here. Number one, it, your problem is perspective. This fight is not about you against them. It's about them versus God. And, and sometimes we struggle because we really think it's about me against something else. It, it's never me against anything else. It, it's the God I serve against whatever may be troubling me in my living. What I need to remember is I'm God's servant, and I need to serve God and allow God to fight my battles for me. And, and I submit to you that we never struggle because of our circumstances, our circumstances simply reveal some deficiency that already exists inside us. You know, the, the problem wasn't how big the people were over there. The problem is you all don't trust God yet. See, it wouldn't have mattered how big the people are if I trust God. You remember David going out against Goliath? It didn't matter to David how big Goliath was. David trusted God. And sometimes we look at life and we look at the circumstance and in our minds, the problem is the circumstance. Now, the problem is never the circumstance. The problem is I don't trust God. See, when I trust God, I know God is going to work that circumstance out however it needs to be worked out. And moreover, I appreciate that it doesn't always read and they lived happily ever after. You know, sometimes when God works it out, he allows us to suffer. You know, every time God works in the lives of his people, they don't always walk away with no scrapes or scars. Stephen stood in God's defense and they stoned him to death. God doesn't always work it out the way we want it to be worked out, but he does always work it out. 
Israel's problem was not the size of the inhabitants of the land. Their problem was that they lacked faith in God. Look with me, if you will, at, at Hebrews chapter 3, uh, beginning at verse number 17 in your Bibles. Uh, Hebrews 3, verse number 17. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Now, now this is the Holy Spirit's commentary on Israel. And the reason that first generation didn't make it into the promised land wasn't because God couldn't keep his promise. The reason they didn't make it is because they didn't believe God. Now, not that they weren't aware that God existed or they didn't believe in God, but they didn't trust God to do what he said. God told them, I give you the land. And then they go over there and look at the spies and say, we can't beat those people. Well, now, if God has given you the land, it doesn't matter who the inhabitants are. It, it, God's estimation is you're going to be victorious. And what we have to appreciate is hiding or ignoring a fault doesn't stop the fault from being a fault. You ever had somebody in, in, in Christian kindness point out to you one of your lacks in character? You know, we tend to take offense to such a thing. It, it not consider if there's any veracity to what they've said, but, but, but immediately be offended. You know, somebody said, well, you know, Brother Cook, you're, you're a little quick of temper. Who quick of temper? I ain't got no quick temper. <laughs> Stop and think for a minute. Maybe that's a problem you have. Maybe you are a little quick of temper. Maybe that's what God is working on you with before he allows you to move on to something else. Uh, have we ever, you know, just co contemplated the idea? Maybe when I'm going through something, it's not that God is not faithful. It's that God has to teach me something through a struggle that will prepare me for something else. See, Israel lacked faith. God said, yeah, I could just take you right up the coast. Uh, uh, of the Mediterranean Sea right on into the promised land. I, I, I know how to get you there that way, but you all don't trust me yet. And when you see the Philistine, and you see what they did, you know, even they went the other way. They talking about, you know, stoning Moses and appointing the captain and going back across the sea to Egypt. Now, how are you going to get back across the sea? If I read the account right, the only reason they were able to cross it the first time is because God opened it up. Now, if God opened it up the first time, what do you think? In rebellion, he's going to open it up for you a second time? But then looking further uh, there in Numbers chapter 13, in, in verse number 32, and they brought up an evil report of, uh, of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. You know, when I read this, I, I don't wonder why, the, uh, uh, why Paul said we walk by faith and not by sight. See, when, you're, when you look at your circumstances, your circumstances tell you ain't no way you can make it. You know, the people are bigger than you are. The land is tough. Everything over there is going to be an ordeal. But what did God tell them? I give you the land. It's a land that flows with milk and honey, but you're looking with the wrong eyes. See, you're looking with sight rather than seeing with faith. I, I submit to you second this morning that the struggle causes us to confront our fears. I, I don't know about you, but I've been through some things in life 
And the only reason I've been through them is because I didn't know they were coming before I went through them. I, I mean, I've been through some things. Had I known they were coming, I'd have did like Jonah and turned and ran the other way. But what I also know looking back is that I needed to go through those things to, to get over some problems that I had in my own living. Now, appreciate when we look here uh, at Numbers chapter 13, to spy out the land was God's idea. If you go back to verse number 2, the Bible says, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. Now, this is God's idea. God said, I want you to send 12 folk over there and see what I give you. Now, that's what they're supposed to see when they get over there. They're supposed to see what God has given them. Now, that's not what they saw, but that's what God told them to go look at. I want you to see the land that I'm giving you. When they got over there, what did they see? How big the people were. Now, now we did notice it's a land that flows with milk and honey, but you won't believe how big those men are over there and how tough the land is. But I think it begs to question, why would God send the spies knowing that they would bring back an evil report and discourage the people? You know, nothing ever catches God by surprise. You know, God wasn't sitting there saying, oh, I didn't know they would respond that way. I, I, I thought they'd all come back just ready to go over there like Joshua and Caleb. God knew before he sent them that only Joshua and Caleb would come back ready to obey his will. And, and well, Lord, why would you send them if you knew they weren't going to do right in the first place? And again, here's what we need to see. This is how God is dealing with us. Look, why would you allow me to go through something or be faced with something if you knew I wasn't going to do the right thing in the first place? It was better for Israel to learn about their lack of faith on the far side of Jordan than, get, than to get over to the promised land and discover it there. See, sometimes we need to know what my problem is before my problem can really become a problem. See, it's a problem any way you slice it, but it's going to be more of a problem if you get over there and, and figure it out then. See, when the spies went to search out the land, there were two options available to them. Now, if they had looked with faith, they would have seen the beauty and splendor of the land that God was giving them. But inasmuch as they looked with sight, they saw the power and the size of the inhabitants of the land. So by sending the spies to search out the land, God caused them to confront their fear. See, one problem is you don't trust me. So, so go over there and have a look. Ooh, we can't fight those folk. They as big as they are. And, and you remember how God dealt with them. For every day that they were over there, you're going to wander a year. And they were over there 40 days, you're going to wander 40 years. Until the generation, 20 years and upwards, everybody dies. And then your children will go over and have the land. See, you could have just went over and had it, but because you were afraid, I've got to take 40 years to teach you to trust me, and then I'm going to let you go over there and have the land. And, and again, have we ever stopped and thought, maybe that's where, why I am where I am in my living. Maybe I just really don't trust God, and God is preparing me on the far side of Jordan before he allows me to go over uh, uh, and have the blessing. And then there in verse 33, they say, and there we saw the giants. Isn't that what we do? Don't we look at the size of the problem? You know, if it's financial, how much money we need, how big the people are, 
how serious the sickness is. Is anything too hard for God? You know, and sometimes we look at our problem, and, and first thing we just like the Israelite, man, we've had it. We can't go over there fooling with those giants, and all of them are big. And, and, and I get it. You know, I think back to my schoolhood day. You, you never went in and just bothered the biggest person in the class. Yeah, you know, that, that's just begging for trouble. We just assume that size means uh, uh, that I'm at a disadvantage. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Now, you know, you don't think very much of yourself when in your mind you're just a grasshopper. And I know the old Kung Fu show, you know, he, he called David Carradine grasshopper. That was a little bit different context. You know, in our own eyes, we just grasshoppers. They, they, they compared to that, they could just step on us and squish us. I submit to you third this morning that the struggle enables us to appreciate God. See, what Israel didn't know, they were learning a valuable lesson in all of this. Man, those people over there are just huge. What did they learn? They learned they couldn't defeat the inhabitants of the land by their own power. Man, we're going to have to trust God. Ain't no way we can beat them folk by ourselves. You ever had that experience in your living? You know, sometimes we think we can handle things, but then you come up against that thing, you know you can't handle it, and you just have to put yourself at God's mercy. So when they finally were able to overcome the enemy, Israel knew it had to be the power of God that enabled them to do so. Yeah, we can't beat those people, but the God we serve can. And I just believe that we need to face some things that are bigger than we are every now and then in our living because it enables us to appreciate God. You know, I look back sometime and I say, that wasn't nothing but God. I like to think I can take care of myself, but I know better. And sometimes you just face those things in your living, you know it was God because I know I couldn't handle that. Uh, 2 Corinthians 3, verse number 5. Paul declares not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. You know, you, you can't really appreciate the fact that God is a deliverer until you've been delivered. That means I need to go through something that causes me to struggle. Because if it doesn't cause me to struggle, see, once I come through it, I'll be talking about how I handled it. You know, we'd be telling people, now, when I faced that, what I did, well, see, I don't want to know what you did, because I can see the case you're in. What I want to know is how God blessed you to make it through. You know, trust what he says, and don't expect that everything always works out and they lived happily ever after. I, I remember God telling Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Paul, I know you've asked me to take the thorn. You're going to have to keep it but I'm going to give you the grace to carry it. The thing that you struggled with, you are now thankful for. <clears throat> God allows us to struggle, not because he's unfaithful or unwilling to bless us, but because he knows us. See, God knows when we'll get something just as a matter of theology. No, there's some lessons we get just because you told us. And then there's some lessons that we are just determined to learn through life experience. Now, we could just believe God. You know, God tells us, I can do anything. 
Look how he introduces himself to us. You, you ever pay real attention to Genesis 1-1? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What does God tell us about himself there? I'm eternal. In the beginning, your, your brain can't even process that. Everything starts somewhere, but not with me. I, I've just always been. I, I'm from everlasting to everlasting. And then he made a universe simply by speaking, let there be. You know, we can't even get our children to listen sometimes just by speaking. God says, I brought a whole universe into existence just by speaking. Let there be light, and there was. And then what is the Bible commentary? And the light was good. And after God finished the creation, what was the commentary? And everything that God created was very good. That's the God we serve. So when I face struggles in my living, it's not because God is unable. Maybe I need to consider, is there something about me that I'm just not willing to trust God and do what he says? And so he allows one of those storms to come, like he did to Israel, to teach me a lesson that I could have learned otherwise, but I decided this was how I wanted to uh, uh, go to school. God calls us uh, by the gospel of Christ Jesus to become his children. He don't want to see us struggle. He wants to bless us. And he's willing to bless us, uh, but how we receive the blessing is based on whether or not we will walk with God in faith. But he calls us by the preaching of the gospel message. We need to hear that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. We need to believe that Jesus is the Christ, John 8, verse 24. Be willing to repent of sin, Luke 13, 3, uh, Luke 13, 5. Make the confession of faith in Christ Jesus, Matthew 10, 32, and then be baptized in water for the remission of sins, Acts 2, 38. And when we go down into the waters of baptism as a matter of his grace and mercy, God washes away our sins by the blood of Christ, indwells us with his spirit, and he adds us to the church and requires thereafter that we live obediently as people worthy of being called by his name. And when we struggle, it is never because God is unable or unwilling. It's because God is trying to teach us something that will help us walk more perfectly with him. Perhaps you're here this morning, you want to respond to the invitation or you want the church to pray for you. And if either of these are, these are the case, then we bid you to come as we stand and as we sing the song of invitation.